Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and today we are speaking with Dr. Rosina Bakari, who is a much-needed contemporary thought leader. She is a psychologist whose experience, skills, and assets make her a premier empowerment speaker. Her Ivy League education, Ph.D. in psychology, five-time author, fourth-degree black belt, marathoner, open-mic poet, world traveler, and 28-year marriage give her plenty of experience and knowledge to draw from and to mesmerize her audience. Her credentials are unmatched, and so is her passion. We're recording from GLOW Podcast Row event in New York City, and we have the pleasure of having Dr. Rosina Bakari with us. How are you? I am doing well, Lily. I'm so excited to talk with you this morning. Now, we've had great talks already. Yes, we have. <laughs> this is our I'm second day, and it. you and I connected, and it was fantastic. Now, tell us a bit about yourself and about your company. So I am the founding director of Talking Trees, which is an empowerment organization for adult survivors of childhood sexual abuse. I'm going to expand on that a little bit because oftentimes, because people aren't used to this conversation, they automatically think of children. I don't work with children at all. I work with adults who have been violated during their childhood before the age of 18. So most of the adults have never addressed those issues of violation. So in fact, the average adult survivor begin dealing with their issues in their 40s. So most of us spend 20, 30, 40 years living in silence before ever addressing those issues. So Talking Trees is an empowerment organization that help adult survivors provide information about the healing journey, support about the healing journey. I founded the organization in 2010 after I started living openly as an incest survivor and realized that as a researcher, a psychologist, that I had resources that other people did not have. And if this journey was so arduous, so difficult, so complex for me, I couldn't imagine how much more difficult it was for other survivors. And at the time there were 40 million survivors. Now it's closer to 60 million survivors. So there's a lot of information that people don't have about the journey that I thought was critical. And I wanted to design a space for people to have access to information, have support that affirmed and validated their experiences and gave them encouragement and inspiration to take on such an arduous journey, especially when you talk about dropping the secret and finding your voice. And it just wasn't a lot of information for people to have. And it's really important and necessary information for people to have. Do you offer therapeutic services? And if people need it, and there are a lot, yeah. how can they connect with you? So my organization is TalkingTreesSurvivors.com. And if you go to that page, you'll find links to the Facebook support page that I also created in 2010 
the reason it's a Facebook organization, he was like, why are you on Facebook? Because for whatever it's worth, bad or good, Facebook is one of the few places that people can access from all over the world. But many websites, people can't access from outside of the country. So a third of our constituents are outside of the United States, and that's important. So their access to Talking Trees is through Facebook. I've been writing daily, every single day, no matter where I am in the world, I find time to give voice to survivors. And that's been really critical and really important. So that's the easiest way to have access to information. I create videos and I've written books. My latest in 2018, after writing for Talking Trees for eight years, I finally put together my own narrative of my own experiences of living in silence for 40 years. There are lots of resources that people can have access to once they reach TalkingTreeSurvivors.com. Let's talk about your book. I have your book, Too Much Love Is Not Enough. Thank you for the copy. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't wait to read it. So tell us about the book. It's about your life, your journey. Right. So as I said, I started writing daily. And there were some issues that really stood out for me that I knew adult survivors didn't understand. So as a researcher, when I started my own journey and I'm going to the research articles, the information is so helpful for me to get me out of this trigger post-traumatic stress experience. That right, I'm, and you, that and I'm you have the skill sets for that. You know how right. to do that and it's hard. And it's still hard. Yeah. Exactly. I had resources, I had knowledge, I had experience. And so when I started reading, some things really popped out for me that sort of resets, like if your shoulder is out of place and you have to, you know, it hurts, right? But it goes back in place and it's fine once it gets back in place. So some things really stood out for me. Part of the pain for a survivor is this feeling of isolation. You're the only one that these things happen to because it's easy to believe that if you've never spoken about it, you don't get this information. So I'm reading these journals, and the first thing I realized, for example, is that, oh my gosh, the average number of violators that people have before they turn 18 is three. Most survivors don't know that. So you're walking around thinking, oh my God, I'm the only person stupid enough, because this is the voice you have in your head, because you've never had a conversation, so you carry all this with you. So they don't know that the average number of violators are three. How many violators did I have? Three. I'm like, oh my God. Right. So I'm like, that is profound. I didn't know that until now. So imagine the ease that comes with that. Like, oh my gosh. I did not know that most survivors of childhood sexual abuse were abused by family members. I did not know that until I started to research. So you have all these feelings of weirdness and oddness. You don't know that only 15% of children who are sexually abused are identified in childhood, only 15%. So the majority of us carry this secret and go into adulthood without anyone even saying as much as, I'm sorry this happened to you. That's a heavy piece that we carry. So it was important to find ways to disseminate this information. Most adult survivors, because we are actually incest survivors, do not know or don't have a picture or a model for things like, love, genuine love, and being able to live without feeling fear and trust or, or, and, trust and not hiding. That's like right. you think it's normal not to trust people. You think right. it's normal. You think that's okay. You think that's good to right. not trust. You th- or you think it's normal to not have boundaries. 
right? So it's this all these weird you don't even things know what going. Boundaries are. You don't even know what boundaries are. Right. So all of these right. strange things happening. That's why it was important to write daily because it's too much to take in at once. So you just give a little bit of bites at a time, you know. Do you know that all children are entitled to love and affirmation without having to be a human sacrifice for someone's pleasure, right? That should not happen. So you have to say that like a hundred times before survivors even hear it, right? Because all these are normal experiences when you've never been given otherwise. So after writing for eight years and sorting through all of that for survivors as well as for myself, I felt like it was really time to narrate my own journey of what silence has been and what it's looked like and how I got to my own journey of living openly. Well, I can't wait to read it. Thank you. Now, why Talking Trees? I think that's such an amazing name for your company. But why did you choose Talking Trees? So when I started living openly. And what does that mean? The message for me was you have to drop the secret because I realized that the secret was what was really absorbing and keeping the pain in play for me. And so living openly was the message that I got. You have to live it openly. And that's what I said. Well, what does that mean? I have no (laughs) idea what that means. So you were in stillness and you heard you got to live openly. You have to drop the secret. Yes, exactly. Like you have to drop the secret. And I wouldn't even call it stillness. Actually, I was in a post-traumatic stress trigger. And like the only way out of this is to live openly. Right. And so I'm like, well, what does that mean? So that was around 2007. So between 2007 and 10, I was trying to figure out what does living openly mean? And so that's when I was doing all the research and finding words and blah, blah, blah. So what it came to mean was you drop the secret. You stop living your life around this secret. And so the whole book is really about what silence looks like. What are the things that you're doing consciously and unconsciously to maintain this secret? So for example, when you're an incest survivor, this is your initiation into sexuality. But we don't think- Into love. Into love, into sexuality. Into what you think is love, right? Right. Like that's profound. That is profound. But we don't think about that because it's just your experience. But you don't at a party go, oh yeah, everybody's talking about their first time. Like you have to narrate that completely different. You have to circumvent. And you become good at that, don't you? You become really good at that. You don't even realize. You don't even realize the questions you avoid. You don't even realize that you don't go into the basement because that's where bad things happen or you don't do certain things or you don't sleep with the lights off. It just becomes how life is for you. You don't make the dots and make the connections. And the toll it has on your body. And the toll that it takes on your body and your mind. So to get to your question, when I started living openly and having to explore all of these experiences, I did not have words. And it's interesting now that we can sit here and I can articulate these concepts to you now with words because I couldn't do that in 2007 or 2008. So what I did, because I was already a poet and I was writing and I'm like, can I write about it? And I couldn't write about it. I couldn't formulate the ideas. It was just a big blog in your head of feelings and experiences that you don't know how to get out of your head and explain to people. Finally, one of the first pieces that I wrote about in this attempt to outline this experience that I was having, I wrote this poem called Talking Trees because I could only write about it in abstract terms. And so I wrote about 
how men go in the forest and do whatever they want to the trees. They climb on the trees, they cut them down for wood, they throw things at them, they swing at that, they do whatever they want in this forest full of trees. And they never stop to even acknowledge that it's a tree. Living entity. A living entity, right? Yeah. And so Talking Trees is a poem about what trees would say if they had a voice. And so that was the closest I could come to trying to describe what I was feeling inside or what this experience was that I was trying to get at living openly. So in 2010, when I created the organization, I just called it Talking Trees. Hey leaders, stay tuned for the rest of the interview following this brief message. Everyone has a voice, whether expressed or dormant, and Master Your Swag podcast was created to help you showcase your voice. It's a unique platform that affords high-level opportunity seekers like yourself, whether you're seeking a job, a client, or a partner, the chance to feature your insights, knowledge, expertise, experience, passion, and vision, and deliver your message to prospective employers, clients, or partners. It's an opportunity to connect your voice to your brand, to glow and get noticed. So when you send out that resume, that proposal, or that important email, you attach a unique link that will connect the recipient directly to your episode on Master Your Swag podcast. You connect your voice to your resume, to your brand, and get noticed. Go to MasterYourSwag.com to claim your spot on Master Your Swag podcast. That's MasterYourSwag.com. The first play that I produced about the experience of living in silence. I didn't know this. What? (laughs) You produced the play too. I produced the play. I produced a play called Talking Trees, and it's about the experience of living in silence and what that looks like and what the survivor is dealing with internally as a survivor and how different life looks or how different life feels, even though it may look similar to other people. And how did that impact the audience? You know, it's interesting. This is the 10th year. April 15th is the 10th year anniversary of Talking Trees. I'm actually producing the play for the third time in 2010, 2015, and then 2020. And I'm going to be doing it in Colorado Springs for Safe Space Day, which is the day that we celebrate the resilience of survivors. And that's a great word, resilience. Thank you. Yeah. And so Talking Trees is interesting because the audience is intense and there are no violent scenes at all. It's very much dialogue. It's not a linear play of that this is what happened and this is the outcome. It's very much like, I don't know if you remember, for Color Girls who consider suicide when a rainbow is enough. Is very much modeled after that. That's sort of the template. So just people talking about their experiences and what it's like having dinner with violators at the table, buying gifts for someone who violated you, yeah, and that what goes on in your head and all the ways that you have to formulate the world and a life to maintain and hold the secret, the uh, energy, it the takes. energy that it takes, and how much it hides your own authenticity and you think that's normal and you think it's normal and it's interesting one of the most profound things when I started living openly and having conversations with people and dropped this secret when I was talking to people like 
explain to me how you buy gift for someone who violet like i'm like and in a judgmental way no like in a curious way i'm like but again if you've never spoken you've never had anyone challenge these ideas and i'm like the minute that the question is asked you realize that whatever answer you give is gonna be a little crazy. <laughs> right, right, right. Absolutely. So it was in the speaking that you actually began to look at these experiences. I'll give you an example of living openly. I have now a close friend of mine that I met through Talking Trees that's been following me for a long time. And she told me this experience last year. She's been with me for at least five years, a little bit more. She had a baby, so the baby's like in infancy, just getting playground age last year. So she's at the playground with her small child, and she emailed me. She said, for the first time, because she's living openly, she's at the playground with her third child. For the first time she's at the playground, she sees ants. Somehow ants is part of her narrative of being a survivor. And so it's really triggering for her to see ants. So what has happened in the past is that she sees these ants has this experience, like me buying gifts for violators. Of course, we don't address it then, and then the rest of our world is discombobulated and no one knows why. Right. She said for the first time ever, she saw the ants, she picked up her son, she looked at the person near her and said, I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. Ants are very triggering to me. I have to leave. That's it. Because when you drop the secret and you don't have to figure out and make an excuse for why you're leaving and well, how am I going to say it? When you just drop the secret and live your life, however it unfolds, there's so much more freedom in that. Right. Instead of trying to figure out how am I going to get out of this space and you can't and all this stuff is going on in your head, you just drop the secret. You don't have to tell anyone what happened, when and how and how long and how many. You don't have to go into all that can even yeah. tell yourself, can say That's this is right. a trigger for me and I know why and let's move. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So you're doing amazing work. And Thank you know that's you. so much on my heart. So you mentioned that this occurred in 2010, was it? Where this shift occurred? Yes. Mm-hmm. What were you doing before? So I am still a college professor. My PhD is in psychology. I teach psychology. I'm currently at the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, teaching in the Department of Counseling and Human Services. And so I'm still in academics because they pay my bills. All of the work that I have done for Talking Trees have been free. I intentionally try to make sure that my resources are free or in low cost. I think the most I've ever charged was $30 for the annual conference because I had to pay for something. I just always believe that survivors have paid enough. That's not the case for when I speak. So don't call me up and ask me to speak for free. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, we're not going to do that. But, But it's critical that in my work that I have always made knowledge accessible because when people have knowledge, the world is a better place. So I started out as a drug and alcohol addictions counselor in the early 80s. So I've been working in this field for a long, long time. I actually earned my master's degree at SUNY Brockport, 22 years old. So I've been in this field for a long, long time in various capacities. I finished teaching in May, and then I'll just continue to speak and write and support survivors in ways that I can, but also looking for larger platforms because what I realized over the last few years since writing my book and one of the purposes in writing my book was to have a larger platform because I realized as survivors begin to speak we have to also prepare people to listen and so 
my goal moving forward is continuing to build up our listening audiences. Doctors, are you listening? You can't just have people come in your office and put your hands all over them wherever you want. Mm -hmm. Consent matters even in professional medical spaces. Right. This matters to the 60 million adult survivors of childhood sexual abuse. You know, teachers, lawyers, people deal with your own stuff so that you're not displacing your own unresolved issues on the people that you're supposed to serve. And understand that you can trigger someone, you know, not knowing that you're doing that and not responding to that, but being very understanding, I suppose. So we need two things to happen. Survivors have started speaking. We have to stop just simply patting survivors on the back and saying, good job, good for you. We have to start creating environments that allow them to heal. Because nothing magical happens just because someone says, I'm an incest survivor. Nothing magical happens. There's a whole process that has to unfold what happens after that. In fact, the research shows that the most significant past that has to happen is not just that there has to be words spoken, but that affirmation has to happen. If survivors just say, hey, I'm a survivor, and someone says, good job, it doesn't matter. What matters most is the feedback that they get. And we see that in the research when children tell and when adults disclose. What matters most is how that message has been received. So we have to train people to hear it. Right. And that's extremely important. Now, what's some advice you can give our listeners, our viewers? They may be moved to do something. What's the best thing they can do? Find talkingtreessurvivors.com. There are Q&A questions on there and other resources that you can access. And then don't be ashamed to ask for help and seek therapy. I do not do one-on-one counseling because, again, I'm trying to create resources instead. But there are counselors out there and find one that helps you. And if they don't, don't stick with them. Yeah. My advice is to be very intentional in your healing journey. None of this stuff will ever clean itself up. No one can love you enough to make it go away. And trust me, I've tried all of these. (laughs) Can't be pretty enough, fit enough. Like it's not going to go away. Be intentional because you deserve it. Know that you deserve to live well, not just survive. And that you have it in you. Yes, yes. Sometimes we feel like I can't do this. But I really appreciate this conversation. It's much needed. I know that it has activated many hearts today. Thank you for all you do for all those people who need to hear this. Appreciate you. Hello, leaders. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.